Empacadores sin fronteras, dos papás dedicados al amor, la risa y los empacadores de Green Bay. Packers Without Borders, the greatest podcast on the planet. Two dads talking love, life, dedicated to the Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! Verde y amarillo hasta la muerte. Ok. So I was looking at the D lineman because D lineman is what I think we're going to take first. And of course, my guy, Jordan Davis out of Georgia, Georgia, right? I thought at the beginning, they were like, ah, mid of the first round. I was like, we got a chance. Yeah, not after uh, he goes uh, 32 inch vertical. Okay. Uh, he is tied for the best with Kendrick Ellis by a 340 plus pound defensive end or defensive tackle in combine history. His 10 foot three inch broad jump is the best by a 340 pound defensive end defensive tackle in combine how, history by 15 inches. How much was by, his broad jump? His broad jump was 10 foot three inches. Holy crap. Right, I can't do 10 foot three inches. Let's see. Okay. What's one? So nine, yeah. So the offensive lineman that I'm looking at, I'm looking at his stats. Let's let's get into this, dude. Let's do this. Let's throw yeah, out yeah, yeah. three prospects. I like. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, I I wanted Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis is going to go in the top ten. That's how it looks like. I think Travis Jones out of uh, UConn. I think he's going to be our guy, or possibly Trevon Walker out of Georgia. Because he may slip a little in the draft. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like I said earlier, this draft is uh, full of good defensive linemen and good edge rushers. And even if you think you've got enough, take one. If you don't have enough, take two. Like there's there's plenty, plenty to go around this year. What have you got for O-line? You're looking at O-line. With O-line? Because that's what I'm expecting – I guess the way that the combine shook out, it seems like a lot of players, there wasn't, I, I don't listen to big boards very much, to be honest with you, just because everybody has an opinion of what they think. And I don't think they've ever, ever guessed where a player goes other than maybe the first pick ever. Um, even then, even then, they even don't then. know. Yeah. A lot of players seem to have the perennial 
players that were those top 20 players, right? Top three at the position, somewhere in there, they all showed up. It seems like what has happened over the past few years with the combine is these guys prepare for the combine, right? They prepare for these cone drills. They have technique and everything to maximize what they're doing. But when you have 300 plus pound guys running a sub five consistently across the board with every offensive lineman, I mean, that's worth anything, right? Which is again, a very deep class. As I spit all over myself, as I get excited, um, (laughs) there is, when I ran my mock draft prior to the, the combine results, which is what I wanted to do. I want to see, okay, who do I like? Who did I research? And where did those guys kind of fall in the pecking order once the combine finished and guys that are potential to come to us with what we need. Um, I'm looking at offensive tackle, right? Like I'm not looking at a guard. I'm not looking at a center. We're good with Myers. Goot made it a point to talk about Myers specifically and mention him as, as in taking a leap for the, for the offensive line. So I think we're pretty set with Bach and then blank. Right. And then Myers and then probably Turner will more than likely come back. We'll see what happens. And then we've got a a few of those secondary pieces, right? But I think tackle is really what they're going to want to target if they do go after somebody. And the guy that I'm looking that's going to fall to us continues to be this guy, Bernard Raymond, out of Central Michigan, offensive tackle. Um, the, The dude is from Austria. So he's not, you know, he is from Steinbrunn, Austria. The dude is 6'6". 303 pounds, 32, almost 33 inch hands, 10 and a quarter. But what I liked about him, you need a nice base, strength, power, but you don't want them being these huge, massive guys that can't move, especially in the scheme yeah. that we be run. athletic. Right. They have, be athletic. We always take athletic players at that position. And the dude ran, he benched 30 times. So it was 30 reps on the bench press. Vertical jump is That's it. That's it, dude. A 30 and a half inch um, <laughs> vertical jump. Oh, and by the way, that reminds me. So I have my combine videos. I just need to figure out how to get them to you more than likely have to Dropbox because they're they're longer than, you know, it's it's a longer little video. So I couldn't just text them to you, but we'll uh, we'll have to do a little side by side comparison okay. when you do yours. But okay. his broad okay. jump was 117 inches. So just a shy under 10 feet. So what is that? Nine feet eight inches, nine inches or so is what, or decent, but what I liked about him and his positives is just, he is extremely athletic. He is good at everything. He's very good at everything. He doesn't have any flaws. He's just not great at anything, but that's the type of prospect you write. You want, right? You have a great base in a player that you can build upon very similar skill set to what Myers had. Obviously Myers, we got late, um, or later in the draft, obviously not a first round pick, but this guy is very quick off of his feet. You know, he just has very quick feet, very quick hands and his instincts and fundamentals are what separate him from everybody else. That's kind of what everybody's, I saw two or three people write a little overview on him in terms of how he is as a prospect. And all of them talk about how fundamentally sound he is. Yeah. So perfect prospect i think that's that's who i'm hitching my wagon to in, on the offensive line what about you you're thinking defensive line so you mentioned him but um give a little bit of overview in terms of why you think um they're going to go with 
somebody that's going to fall to us, right? Because that's what happened. A few of the guys that I loved, I'm like, there's no way in hell they're going to make it to us. Like, there's just no fucking way. So I, I have a hard time believing that any of these guys that I like will make it to us because if I like them, other teams are going to like them. And who doesn't need a good defensive tackle, a young defensive tackle? I mean, I don't think there's a team in the league that doesn't need one, right? Yeah. Um, Travis Jones probably would have been uh, the highlight of the night uh, had he not got overshadowed by uh, Davis. Uh, Travis Jones, six foot four. Uh, 325 pounds ran a 492 um he could slip into the first round it's more likely he goes early day two so travis jones might be our guy simply because he could slip and it's just so really deep. pick your poison right it, it, we've got a chance at all these players because it's how do they evaluate it when you've got 15 guys that all perform pretty much all in the same range. It's pick your poison. So we're going to get a good player at 28, regardless of what position we choose. Seeing Trevon Walker also out of Georgia, Georgia and those defensive line, just crazy this year. Always. Three, three guys and, and potentially they could all go top 20. Uh, Walker tested like an elite athlete after impressing uh, during his weigh-in at six foot five, 272 pounds, 84 and a quarter inch wingspan. This is a monster who can reach over offensive linemen and grab quarterbacks. Uh, the Georgia product ran a 4.51 second 40 yard dash and was very good at his 6.89 second three cone drill his explosiveness and agility tested off the charts all night his movement skills were smooth through the on-field portion of the night given his size and athleticism i can understand why a team would be so inclined to take a chance over on him over michigan's aiden hutchinson or any other ed rush edge rusher in the class Devonte wyatt another guy at georgia six foot four 304 pounds he had one of the best performances of the night he ran a, a 477 with a one six six second 10 yard split so explosive he, this guy he can take off and that's really what we want on that defensive line is somebody who takes off because those defensive linemen don't run 40 yards they run a hard 15 right well and something that was really interesting on the broadcast when i was watching the defensive linemen go through their combines through the underwear olympics it was really cool to hear, I don't know who it was on the broadcast, but they mentioned that that first 10 yard split, the, the key number is 1.6 seconds off of the first 10 yards. That's kind of like the elite. Those are the starters in the NFL. Those are the guys that are making an impact. To put that into perspective, they were talking about Bosa. His split in the first 10, in the first 10 yards is 1.55. So it yeah. shows you that is a critical stat when you're looking at a defensive lineman or an edge player, because they have to get off of the ball quickly. How quickly can they get from point from the line to the quarterback, which is what, maybe six yards, right? 10 yards, 10 yeah. yards with resistance, right? Yeah. 10 yards with resistance, right? Yeah. So if, if a quarterback has to throw the ball right around 2.5 seconds, if you can get there in 1.6, then you've got a ch chance at putting pressure on them and giving them hurries. Makes a lot of sense that in terms of timing of when the quarterback has to make the read, release the ball, whether it's a boom and throw, it's still, you need to have somebody in his face. And those guys with those first 10 yard splits are the guys that they're probably going to be looking at a lot more. I think so. You know, we're going to sit here. We're going to speculate, conjugate, 
meditate, perpetrate, and perpetuate the uh, narrative here. But we don't know who's going to get taken first. We don't know who's going to get taken second. Teams, do you think, are going to trade up? I think we're going to be a little aggressive. Uh, I think we're going to tag and trade Devontae Adams, and we're going to grab a top 10 pick for Devontae Adams in a second rounder. Then we'll trade our second round and our first round for an even better first round. So we'll get two top 10 picks. That's what I think we're going for. I mean, that's what I would try and get with Adams is two top 10 picks. You could trade them into two top 10 picks. Then you've got a couple of teams that maybe don't need as much help or they've signed some big guys. I don't know. I know Denver keeps talking, oh, we've got all the room in the world. But apparently the latest deal for Denver for Aaron Rodgers was only two first rounders and a second. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, that's, that's going to happen. They're not going to, they're not even going to pick up the phone with that type of offer. So just stop. And so teams know that, listen, if I sign Aaron Rodgers, now I've got to bring all this drama with me and I've got to not only bring the drama with me, but I, I've got to listen to him uh, decide whether or not he's going to retire, whether or not he wants to say he's going to be torn. Do I stay with Denver one more year? I, I don't think the answer for Aaron Rodgers is to be traded. I think the answer for Aaron Rodgers is to sign what apparently many people are reporting is, is a market changing deal. Now he said, it's not about the money. Well, it's about to be a whole bunch of money. Here's the problem with that statement because he is so smart with his wording. So he says it's not about the money for him, quote unquote, right? Like that's part of the concern um, for Packer fans is he wants a boatload of money. He says he doesn't, but what he has always said is that he wants to impact younger players contracts and lives so he's going to make it about all of these other younger players and all yeah. of these others but i'm taking this hundred million dollars exactly for you right that's that's the way he's coming across to me and it's that's what a psychopath does that's what oh i know so there seems like it's now, just it's, now it's wait, wait 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 i yeah. didn't just call i didn't just call aaron Rodgers a psychopath Okay. No. A lot of people have been twisting everything. They take one little word. The other day I, I posted, I said, if, and I use the word if now, if signifies that the remainder of this sentence is going to be speculatory. If right. those words are too big for you, go back to cheering to the Vikings. So if Aaron Rodgers is truly torn, I said, I do not want him with green Bay. I want players that want to be in green Bay and people lost their minds. If, read the post, if, if these reports are true, if this, stop blaming Rodgers. I'm not blaming Rodgers. All I'm saying is if he is truly torn, I don't want him. I want people who are like, I am here. I am committed. Not these people who missed OTAs and didn't get hot until the fourth or fifth game of the season and then didn't practice all year. We could tell because he kept overthrowing MVS and overthrowing and missing wide open guys. I want somebody who goes, I'm here. First day of camp, last day of camp. I'm here every day. I'm working with the players. I'm working on my game, right? You watch guys like Drew Brees, Tom Brady. They don't miss weeks and weeks of OTAs and don't go to – these guys go to practice. They put their pads on. They want to be the best. You think Michael Jordan sat around going, nah, I got this. I got this. We're going to beat Detroit. I don't even need to practice this week. 
right? No, no, right? The great ones put the work in. And that's that's the concern that I have with this because ultimately where I fell is he's going to be a Green Bay Packer or he's going to retire because the Packers are not going to let him just walk because he wants to go somewhere else. First off, the amount of teams that can actually afford what he's asking for money-wise, even though it's not about the money, reduces it to about half the league. And then you've got another four or five teams that have either prospects or good quarterbacks in place that are in, that don't need him. So you're, And we're not going to trade him to the NFC. So you can go to the AFC with the likes of Mahomes and Josh Allen and yeah. Herbert and all of these guys on that side and try to make it into the playoffs and try to make it to the Super Bowl on that side. We're not going to make it easy for you, Aaron, right? But the torn part of it is what I had mentioned a couple pods ago, just where the off season is just starting out. Right. And it takes a full commitment of an entire year showing up to OTA, showing up to training camp, putting yourself in the right position mentally and physically to be able to start the season the way it's supposed to now with less preseason games under their belts. You don't have the time to gel. We're going to have, this team is going to look very different. I have a feeling we're going to try to keep what we can. And I think the decision and what he's torn on is, does he really want to commit to an entire offseason, an entire season, and go through everything? I think that's where he's torn. And it'll come out that, yeah, he was considering. It wasn't twisting the words into he wants to leave. It's Green Bay or somewhere else. I think he's torn with the full effect of actually coming back and committing to a full season of the NFL. And we know he's not going to retire because Tom Brady retired this year. He's not going to want to have the stage along with Tom Brady and retire and both be first ballot hall, hall of famers and put his resume against Tom Brady, who as much as we think that Aaron Rodgers is the most talented quarterback in the possibly the history of the NFL, right? I mean, we could talk about the Montanas and how they reshape the game. I don't know. I, I'm going to be honest with you. Tom, Tom Brady looked like a pretty good quarterback to me. Yeah, Brees looks like a pretty good quarterback to me. I mean, Peyton Manning won two Super Bowls and four MVPs, right? Like we keep putting Aaron Rodgers on this pedestal and we put him at these benchmarks that he hasn't achieved yet. He hasn't achieved. Oh, well, he could. Yeah, well, if my aunt had nuts, she'd be my uncle. If ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. He hasn't achieved these things yet. Yes, he's won four MVPs. Absolutely. How many times did he win the MVP and the Super Bowl in the same year? Right. Yeah. He did I mean, not once. Right. Yeah. Since 1999, the MVP of the league has never played in the Super Bowl. Since 1999, not one of them. Since 99. And that's the polarizing point that most people don't understand because the quarterback position is so critical to the success of a team, but also understanding that the entire team as a whole has to show up, not just the quarterback. Now, if your quarterback doesn't show up or if you don't have a quarterback, you've got no shot in hell basically to win a game. But if you have a quarterback who's capable, let's say a Marcus Mariota, for example, comes to Green Bay, right? And he's not capable, but he's not capable. Eli Manning, Eli Manning is a capable quarterback, a capable quarterback. Jordan Love can do what Eli Manning can do, period, period. I'm not saying Jordan Love can go win two Super Bowls. What I'm saying is, is Jordan Love can make the same throws Eli Manning made. Jordan Love can make the same plays that uh, Eli Manning made. The same guys that did that were guys like Trent Dilfer, Mm -hmm. right? these guys, Joe Flacco recently, Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco. Okay. 
these guys were not the talent, most talented quarterbacks in the draft. They weren't picked. Well, okay. Eli might've been picked in the top, but these guys weren't Rogers caliber. Mm -hmm. Right. And yet like, look at, look at Kurt Warner. It's Warner, right? Like they go, Oh, well, Rogers, this Rogers, that, well, you know what? At the same time, do we really need, do we really need the MVP of the league to win a Super Bowl? The NFL says since 1999, no, not once do you need it. That's what the NFL says. I'm an analytics guy. I'm a numbers guy. Just like everybody else is a numbers guy, an analytics guy about Aaron Rodgers. And they talk about how great he is and how many numbers he puts up in his QBR and his PPT and his QR2, elemental QR and all these other stats that nerds invented. And they sat and they said, oh, when the sun's in his eyes, it's this QBRSTUV stat. All those stats Aaron Rodgers is at the top of. You know what else he's in? He's part of the 84% of the MVPs who do not play in the Super Bowl that year, and 100% of the ones that haven't since 1999. Here's again, and I go back to this it's the desire, right? Kurt Warner was bagging groceries on the street, and the desire to, to, to be ahead. Say that word again Trump the talent. Right? The say, desire. say that word again. Say it again real loud for the people in the back. Desire? Yep. Desire. Does Aaron, this is the problem. After you win a Super Bowl, you know what it's like and you lose that hunger. You lose a lot of that desire. Guys like Tom Brady didn't. Guys like Joe Montana didn't. Now you can say, oh, Aaron Rodgers didn't. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, let's look at the last few playoff games that Aaron Rodgers played in and let's look at his stats. Were they MVP stats? Were they Michael Jordan game seven stats? Were they Wayne Gretzky in the Stanley Cup final stats? They were not. They were not. He was held off the score sheet in the last one. Here's, you know, and that's a really good point. Here is the comparison that I'm going to make. So the Michael Jordans, the Wayne Gretzky's, the Kobe Bryant's, the Tiger Woods, even though that's an individual sport, whatever, um, crunch time, they wanted the ball in their hand. They wanted to have full control of everything. We gave him the last two years, full control of everything, home field advantage, all of it, everything that he needed, all of the pieces. He has Devonte Adams. He has MVS. He had Lazard. He had Randall Cobb. He had an offensive line where I think that's where the coaching out coached themselves with the offensive line, but we still had an offensive line, regardless of the trouble that we went through. We had a top 10 defense. You had everything in line to do what you needed to do. And the, I'm not saying he wasn't, there was no desire to win that game and to go on to the Super Bowl. but those over the course of a couple there's years a or a season, there's a difference between having desire and playing with desire case in point, Joe Burrow, Okay, he didn't mm -hmm. have Devonte Adams, Randall Cobb, MVS, Lazar, Mercedes Lewis, and an all-star defense out there with him. But yeah. and the best running back, nine sacks, and the best still in that pocket. Yeah, he was dragging his team by the face to the Super Bowl, and he dragged them by the face to the end of that game against a defense that was just absolutely crushing his offensive line, mm -hmm. which was made up of all backups that couldn't block my grandmother. The difference, the difference is playing with desire, is taking those sacks, getting 
tearing yourself out of the grasp of these huge linemen like Donald and Miller that have got you and driving that team forward and inspiring that team. And Aaron Rodgers does not do that anymore. No. That's, People go, oh, that's what well, I'm getting he, As soon as exactly. we get behind, he's on the sidelines throwing the tablet and pissy mood and this isn't right and that's not right and blah, blah, blah. Let's go. Let's go. Play with desire. You have desire. You aren't playing with desire, right? That little bit of extra effort beats talent all day, every day. He's got to down in his in his in his plums, down mm-hmm. in his plums, his his purple ripe, juicy plums. He's gotta want it. He's gotta crave it. He's gotta stay up all night banging his fist on the table, screaming, I need it. And instead it's like, eh, yeah, yeah. And people will argue right now that are listening to this, they'll say, well, he won an MVP. Great. Which would you rather watch? Would you rather watch your team win a Super Bowl or your quarterback win an MVP? Which which of the two gets you excited? Which of the two gets you going? If it's the MVP, hey, way to go, man. He's got a whole trophy full of them, a whole trophy full of them. And we'll probably see another MVP winning season this year again, which means he won't play in the Super Bowl, according to the NFL and their analytics and all their stats. I'd much rather watch the team go past the rounds of the playoffs that we keep getting stuck in. And every year there's a different, oh, well, if the defense, oh, well, if Trevon Williams, oh, if Brandon Bostic, oh, if, oh, if, oh, if, oh, if. Come on, man. You're the one thing on that team, except for Mason Crosby, that hasn't been moved yet. Everybody else has been replaced and and brought in and turned around. You wanted a new quarterback. You wanted a new or a new quarterbacks coach. You wanted a new coach. You wanted Cobb back. You wanted, we gave you everything. Now you need to come back and say, listen, I know they're going to offer me this huge deal or whatever. I need to make it team friendly. You got to show us that you're in it too, man, that you've got skin in the game too. Right. And instead we get weeks. You know, of maybe next week I'll be on Pat McAfee. Well, he has you have all of his friends on the team are as much as their standalone contracts. There's nothing more we can do with the contracts that we have in house until he signs. They have done everything they can. They extended Aaron Jones. They extended Bach. They extended Kenny. They did everything they possibly can to release money. The salary cap came in with an extra $5.1 million, which is great because that's, that's two players. That's, that's Mason Crosby and I don't know, Henry Black, whatever, right? Like the, a bare minimum yeah. and it's really yeah. players that we were able to save on. And, and the question is now, with, with this offseason, what I'm going to be looking at is, so first off, Matt LaFleur is up for his contract as well. You don't think we're going to extend him as well? There's something else that we need to start worrying about. This is a young coach, the winningest head coach in his first three years, who has now established his team, right? Like this is officially, I'll give him three years of a, of a draft with Goot and what they've done for it to be now their team that they're forming. Look, A.J. Dillon, and again, this is coming from the biggest Aaron Jones homer in the world. A.J. Dillon is going to take over the starting role as as 
he's going to be in that 60% carry range. And Aaron Jones is going to be closer to that 40%, maybe even 30%, and use him as that scat back officially to keep him healthy. We've seen it. He keeps getting hurt. Can you imagine if we traded Aaron Jones after think, he takes a homer deal and then no, we trade him? Could you imagine that? Nobody's going to pay $20 million next year for a running back. That's the problem. I don't know. I mean, people are willing to pay so much for a quarterback who, who well, doesn't like to at, play in January and February. And we're not, we're not the only team that the, a lot of what's coming on on bleacher report, obviously because it's America's team, but the Cowboys are fucking everything up right now. They're going to oh. get rid of Demarcus Lawrence. They're probably going to cut him. Cooper's Amari gone. Rock. Yeah. Or, or yeah. Cooper. I Cooper, mean, it, Cooper's gone, but that's what they get for paying Zeke a $90 million contract. And then, and they never him. use them. And then they never use them. <laughs> they never use him. He's killing teams. And Mike McCarthy, same old Mike McCarthy, is like, yeah, no more running. And people go, oh, oh, it's Kellen Moore. No, that's Mike McCarthy. Let me make that very clear to you. That's Mike McCarthy. Ask yeah. Eddie Lacy how many play calls he got when Aaron Rodgers was healthy. Yep. The answer was 10 a game. The guy yep. wins the rookie of the year and near damn near the rushing title. And the next year, Rogers is healthy. Well, he only needs to run seven times a game. Wichita, Kansas. From the UK. From Los Angeles. From Northern Wisconsin. From Nova Scotia. From the Derby City, Louisville, Kentucky. From Central Illinois. From Southern Cali. From Turkey. Omaha, Nebraska. From California. From Melbourne, Australia. From Chicago, Illinois. They're from the UK. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. And Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. If you like Packers Without Borders, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, Spotify, Anchor, and anywhere else you get your favorite podcast. Don't forget to hit the like button, hit subscribe, and leave us a review. Five stars are preferable, and if you can find us on Patreon as well, under Packers Without Borders, please throw us some money so we can continue doing debauchery. Patreon slash Packers Without Borders. Peace. Go Pack Go. Matt and Bruce. Matt and Bruce. Bruce and Matt. Bruce and Matt. Bruce and Matt. Bruce and Matt. Matt and Bruce. Bruce and Matt. Matt and Bruce. Bruce and Matt. Bruce and Matt. Matt and Bruce. Matt and Bruce. Matt and Bruce. Bruce and Matt. Packers without borders. Packers without borders. Packers without borders. Packers without borders. You are listening to my dad and his friend Bruce on Packers without borders. Well, that's why things changed, and this team. Rodgers or not, and we've said this over and over again, Adams or not, is now officially Matt LaFleur's team. And he has made Aaron Rodgers an MVP because of the scheme and the players that he surrounded him with. Not that Aaron Rodgers can't go anywhere and be extremely successful. We saw that for many years, just like you said, under McCarthy, where he was the one driving the entire team. But this team isn't built that way. This is, we need to get Campbell back. We need to get Douglas back. We need to extend Jair. We've got... Amos, Amos that we need to worry about. And then Savage needs to take a leap, right? And then we've got on the defensive line. I mean, you think about just uh, Stokes, obviously, is rookie contract, second year. Per, don't have to worry about him for another two years at least. So he's good. But then on the He's going to be expensive. Yeah. He's going to be Jair expensive. You, oh, he's going to be more than Jair, I think. Next year, 
He uh, next year after getting a taste of the elite and the NFL and being in the starter role, and now he gets to go up against the number two. <laughs> he's gonna have a cakewalk. Who do you throw to? Jair? Oh, he's gonna pick that off. You're gonna throw to Stokes. Stokes has been standing there at at four two seven, going, yeah, go ahead. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Let, let, let me bait you into throwing it towards me. Yeah. yeah. I'm on your number two, dummy. Right? <laughs> and I do think we need to address the wide receiver position. That's something that is obviously not working. As talented as these guys are, obviously, Devontae Adams, best wide receiver in the league. But we do need a second. I, I'm officially on board with the media now because I really try to give Lazard a chance, especially after the way he finished 2020 coming into 2021, he never took that leap. He actually stayed stagnant and got worse. MVS was just hurt all season long, so it doesn't matter. But MVS ran two routes and had to go sit for six weeks. I mean, when Cobb is your quote unquote number two, and it's really not because the person who had the most receptions behind Devontae Adams in that group was Aaron Jones. Yeah. So when you're thrown to your wide receiver, and I know they split them out wide, and I understand that there's plays that they actually scheme to get him the ball you need to he can't be your secondary wide receiver option you know he has to be that out of nowhere dump it off or a little quick wheel route or quick hitch route to him and give him some space to move but you need to have somebody else that can do that I mean how many times have we not seen them take a wide receiver just like Cooper Cup which is a staple of the Matt LaFleur offense is having motion. I saw motion all year long, and I think they handed it off twice all season long. I and know. that was it. <laughs> I know. I mean, I, I think the reason why I'm so on one side right now is because look at the division. And this is this is what us Packer fans, we have to remember. Don't look at the whole entire NFL. We don't have to beat the entire NFL. Mm-hmm. We have to start with beating our division. And right now, Detroit ain't going to beat shit, no matter who they pick up this draft or extra players or whatever. They The most they're going to be is maybe a 500 team. Maybe. Maybe. Okay? Then we look at Chicago and Minnesota. They've mm-hmm. completely revamped all of their coaching. Mm-hmm. They've completely redone absolutely everything. They're going to be putting in brand new playbooks. They're going to be running brand new plays, brand new terminology. It's going to be a shit show to start the season. This is yep. what it always looks like. Then we've got the Packers. 99, if we take Rodgers out, we can keep everyone else. You can't tell me that everyone else, those 51 other players, couldn't easily beat Detroit, Chicago, and Minnesota and take the division. Absolutely. I it's mean, yeah, they go, oh, you're going to be 9 and 8 or whatever. Yeah, but everybody else is going to be 6 and, and 6 and 11. All we have to do is get our ticket in. I mean, clearly getting our ticket in and having the first round buy in a home game, that's not working, right? So this would be a great time for Jordan Love to be able to go out. We could lean on the run game, lean on that defense, mm-hmm. right? Squeak out eight, nine wins to win Lean the on division, those quads. Right? Win the division. And then we can let Jordan Love make that leap the following year. Right. Then we can start leaning more on him and going, okay, this is the year now you've got to start playing like, you know, the quarterback, not the MVP Aaron Rodgers who walks on water and cures the sick and everything else feeds the homeless. I'm talking about an NFL quarterback and that's Mm -hmm. the bar isn't very high. If you look through the NFL, the bar isn't very high. 
I mean, Jesus, this is, you know, Stafford is out there able to throw two, three picks a game and is still, there's your gunslinger argument, by the way. Everybody's like, ah, wouldn't you rather that he took a sack instead of throwing an interception? I don't know. The guys that are throwing interceptions are winning Super Bowls. I don't know. (laughs) I'm just seeing with my eyes. But this is a great opportunity. If we wait, we sign Aaron, we lose two, three, four players, okay? Mm Mm-hmm. Possibly four starters gone because we got to pay Aaron this money. We got to pay Adams this money. The following year, we go through the whole rigmarole again. Oh, good. We're going to keep Aaron Rodgers. Great. We're going to lose two to three more starters again. Now we've lost potentially 10 starters, an entire side of the ball in two years waiting for Rodgers when we could keep them all for a handful of years and let love manage the game into the playoffs until he's ready to go. I'm, I'm just saying, dude, what if, if we lose those 10 if we guys signed, and then love steps in it's shit show season. Imagine there's obviously something there that Jordan love has not shown for them to feel completely confident and be this all in on bringing Aaron Rodgers back. Imagine if we signed Colin Kaepernick off of the street onto this team, dude. I don't think Colin Kaepernick truly wants to play anymore. I think he he wants to uh, be a political leader. Uh, he wants to make, you know, he wants to do that sort of thing, be a public figure of some sort. And I, I don't blame him. I mean, clearly he's been right. He's been right for a very long time. And mm-hmm. I think the NFL and a handful of coaches and a whole bunch of fans really need to maybe apologize to him. But I think that he, remember when we saw him, when was it two years ago and he tried out Yeah. and, and the whole time he talked about how corrupt the NFL and how, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't that, Oh, he could still, yeah, he still had talent, but he wanted the podium, right? He wanted that limelight. He wanted, and you can't, I'm not blaming him. And I'm not saying that what he's doing isn't right, but I think that he's chosen his path. And don't forget too, I mean, it's like Blake Bortles is out golfing and then we call him up and suddenly he's sitting on the bench. He's not getting near the field until four other guys break their leg, right? Yeah, and when they what, I'm getting time, at, what I'm getting at with just throwing out Colin Kaepernick out there is there are a lot of capable players at the level of Jordan Love or right around that area that aren't the elites. I mean, look, Matt Ryan's done. Right. I mean, honestly, he's done. Um, The Ben Roethlisberger's everybody in that era of where, you know, far coming into Rogers and the Rogers era, all those guys are out of the league right now. Aaron Rodgers is the oldest quarterback starting quarterback in the league. Now that Tom Brady's gone and it says a lot. Again, it's going back to the fact that he needs to be mentally ready to take on an NFL season. And if you're not mentally ready, then don't be on the team and stop this stuff. Because again, tomorrow, maybe Pat McAfee, who knows in just being a decent person to all of these people waiting for your decision tomorrow would be ideal, right? I mean, it's past deadlines. It's we're right up on the butt of the 16th of March. We have to prepare for the draft. Who are we going to sign? Because it's going to shape our draft. If we have to get rid of been, all of these players. I guess players, it's been so many years that he's forgotten about Favre and what Favre did to him and to the team, right? Like, I guess it's just been so many years. 
I was trying yeah. not to take that narrative on and avoid it as much as possible just because it's staring you right in the face. And after him putting the fan base through that and him leaving through that, that would be the last thing I thought he would want to do. And it seems like that. And it's ironic. It's retire, unretire, come back, retire, come back, retire. Come on, man. And look, I'm going to say this again. Great. You're on our team. Fantastic. I trust Russ Ball and I trust Goot and I trust MLF to put a competitive team out there, whether Rogers is on there or not. But I'm just, I'm so, I can't defend him and I need to defend him because he's our quarterback. Like I'm going to defend certain things that, that come from him because we have not heard anything from him. And yeah. it's all of these inner circle people and all that's all bullshit. All of these sources say, which is why your tweets going on about your speculation oh. or because everybody's looking for a nugget, regardless of how obscure and obnoxious the comment is, people latch onto something and it's, both sides of the of the coin. It's the people that want Rogers back and the people that are just at this point kind of like us. Like, I think most people are in the camp where we are, where it's like, you come back, great. Open arms if you're ready to play, right? If not, dude, let us have every single possible first round and second round pick that we can possibly have. Tag and trade Devontae Adams. And next thing you know, we've got four first round picks and two second round picks and, and a boatload of cash to build this team within two years as opposed to, like I said, in 2023, after I mean, this, how fucked this team is going to be with the cap and trying to keep players because we've done We're not going to be able to keep. We're not gonna, that's exactly my point is two, two, two more years of this uh, with Rodgers up in the air and Adams, it's going to end up strangling the team so bad. We're going to need a year just to get through the cap hits. And then we can start going, I mean, imagine, let's, let's just speculate. We're speculating here, right? Because yeah. everybody is speculating about what Rogers is going to do and what he's not going to do. And maybe he comes back and maybe he does. This is, here's a speculation. Let's say Aaron Rodgers doesn't come back and we're able to trade him and get rid of the 20 million bucks or he retires and we figured out how to hide the $20 million. There's $20 million right there in players that we could add for Jordan Love. Then Adams, well, Adams doesn't want to stick around here. He wants so much money, blah, 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 blah. We tag and trade him. There's, there's now $50 million free to add to that offense. Are you telling me that if we put Godwin, Cooks, and, and uh, anybody else out there, Allen Robinson on the field, that Jordan mm -hmm. Love, I would look good with those three players on the field, right? Mm -hmm. All I'm saying, since we're all speculating and we're all guessing and whatnot, is, is if there is a time, the time to move from Aaron Rodgers is now. If we continue to go down this hill and keep kicking the can, we've all seen it, right? Kansas City is about to start going through it, okay? As soon as you win the Super Bowl, as soon as you go all in, look at the Rams. Von Miller's gone. And they're okay, going to run it back. No, you're not, because you're going to have to get rid of half of your players who now all you want have to, to get paid. That's the whole idea of the cap, is you have to, right? What's really going to be interesting, okay, is how well the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do this year without Tom Brady. That'll be your real big – now, I know that they're going to – well, they don't have Antonio Brown. They didn't have Antonio Brown for half the season anyway, and that guy was a bloody lunatic. Let's scratch off the Antonio Brown. These guys should be able to win the division with the floundering Saints and with the with the Panthers, the way that the Panthers are, right? They, and the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, those those guys haven't been relevant since uh, twenty eight to three, right? Yeah. But 
the Buccaneers, if they take a huge step down and don't even get close to the playoffs, well, there's your answer on how well Tom Brady changes your team, right? Yeah. I mean, everybody, oh, he's the luckiest this and luckiest that. I don't know, seven, seven rings? Something, we look at the Patriots as an organization that is well-run with a coach who is a Hall of Fame coach and they had a Hall of Fame quarterback. When he left, one year, they were garbage. Don't forget, he left. The Patriots did not continue the Patriot ways. And this year, they took a step forward. They're still not the Patriots. So a lot of the credit goes to Tom Brady on those those teams that we hated with the Patriots that were dominant for so long. And the Packers are very similar in that sense, right, where – you have a team that that is tailored to the type of football that you're wanting to play. The difference is that before we were not the smash mouth defense, we were the layback, and, it, and now, no, we're an attacking defense, and it showed up. And now Basaccia, who was an interim head coach, who all I'm hearing about that guy with the interviews with, with LaFleur, the interviews with Goot, with ex-players that played with him, the people are upset in the Raiders organization players that he got taken away and he didn't stay on, on their team. Those types of things, because – yeah, he's a special teams coach, but it's going to filter into a lot of other parts of the team. And so that's similar to the way the Patriots have it. They have great – look at how many times they have great coaches that go off somewhere else and they are not as successful as they were within the organization. And that's a lot of what's happened to the Packers too, right? Like we have our quarterback's coach that, that's gone twice now, right? The offensive line coach, our defensive line, and look at what the Vikings and the Bears are doing. They're hiring our ex-coaches to come on as consultants for them because they want to mimic what the Packers do. And this is what's frustrating for us is this is not in character for what the Packers do. Selling the farm on one or two players as opposed to the draft and develop and keeping players inside, there comes a point where a player needs to be let go, just like a Clay Matthews. And even though they're productive, that's good because you get something for them. We wait another year, we're going to lose Adams and we're going to lose Rodgers with no compensation, having the two yeah. the best wide receiver and the best quarterback in the league and having them walk away in a time like you just said, this is the perfect time to do this because the Vikings are floundering and they're really our biggest competition, right? I mean, in the NFC North, it's it's not the Bears. The Bears had one good season and then they just they talk so much trash that it seems like they're rel- relevant every year, but they're not even an 800 club. The Vikings can at least win 10 games and get in the playoffs and choke in the playoffs, right? And then you have the Lions who are just the Lions. Those are, three, you know, there's no reason we should not win the division regardless of what we do and make the playoffs. I think, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave my Rogers comments to this. I think this is what makes it so upsetting is that we win all season long and then it feels like we're losing all off season because of this fucking drama. It feels like every day we're taking the L and after losing the end of the season, the way that we did in such a heartbreaking fashion, the last thing I want to do is relive it, hash it out and dwell in it. And instead it's every day. It's every day. It's like breaking up with your ex and then having to see her every day, kissing the other guy every day, every day, right? Enough, enough. Make your decision. Don't make your decision. Let the group GM make its decision. This has got to stop. This is enough. 
I mean, it's now getting to the point where I, I don't care. You, you win me eight more Super Bowls, I don't care. I just don't even want to hear it anymore. You know, I, yeah, what's I, I just, the, what's I just, the sentiment? You know, I'm not on Twitter right now, but before that, the sentiment has always been the same. It's there's the last three years has been offseason drama. They to the point where there's so much information out there or because it's a story that has legs for whatever reason, it continually stays in the media because you've got issues with Kyler Murray. You've got issues with Dak and the Cowboys. You've got problems with all these other teams with major issues and all of it is just hyper-focused on the Packers. And I don't know, it's just because of Packer Twitter and just that I follow the Packers on Bleacher Report and PFF. So I get alerts with just that. Yeah. But that's, that's my point about having to defend him when we don't even know what we're defending or not defending. And then ultimately he's going to come out and say something that calms everybody down. And it had nothing to do with what anybody said, but where he is wrong is he is holding the organization hostage right now. As much as he's saying it's not about him, it's not about the money. And I, I had somebody say, exactly how are they holding a hostage? A $20 million cap and the fact that we can't sign Adams until a decision has been made. This is the deal. This is the deal. These two players now are waiting for each other to draw, and we're waiting in the wings. So we can't go talk to the free agents that are out there right now. We can't be getting preliminary talks in with uh, Goodwin and Cooks and stuff because we don't know if we're going to have any money to be able to talk to these guys. Dude, we can take Amari Cooper and Godwin for the money that 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 Adams wants. Right? Right? <laughs> we could get Cooks, Cooper, and Robinson for that. Yeah. Imagine what that would do to the wide receiver court. Imagine looking out and your number three guy is Robinson. It's, Imagine the numbers he would have. And as much as the team sees these contracts as standalone, the players do not. Adams is waiting to see what Rodgers is. If Rodgers does not come back, I'm pretty sure that Adams is going to ask for a boatload of money that the Packers are willing to pay him, or it's going to be the tag and trades, like you said. But it's all contingent yeah. upon, and now if Rodgers comes back, then see, it's not going to be a team-friendly deal, but he'll sign the ink right away immediately as soon as Rodgers comes in. But now we're in cap hell. Right? Like, well, we got to wait for the this so that the this can, can do this. But if this doesn't happen, then we have to do this to the this to this. Yeah. If this to the this to the this, then if this, 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 this. There's like 95 scenarios that, that could be played out. All of them start with if. Right? And I am we so tired of a whole, our podcast. We just went for a whole podcast talking about Aaron Rodgers. Well, again, and, but that's and, the problem is every week, yeah. that's the news. There's nothing yeah. positive coming out to say, oh, we can just stand back and let's talk about this or let's talk about that. Because during the combine, the entire wide receiver talk was once they start getting into those guys that are kind of in the range of the, oh, hopefully, you know, they can get Aaron Rodgers another weapon. Agree. But then they start talking about, well, assuming he comes back. And now there's rumblings that he wants to. And it's like, why? Because they're still out there. And a, a lot of it we know is made up, Matt. Like this this girl on Twitter from ESPN that was whatever, a meta writer. Meta, for yeah, people that yeah. know, in her tagline, she says writer. So even though she's part of ESPN, she's a writer for meta. What meta is, is the umbrella corporation for Facebook, TikTok, yeah. WhatsApp, Instagram and all of those social media sites that want to drag people's eyeballs to it. That's the type of writer she is. So you should not have expected any less when she's throwing out 50 million, which 
my concern is if that stuff is coming out, it had to have been said at some point. All with this all is my stuff, this is my entire point. Listen, maybe somebody said he was wearing a red sweater and he wasn't wearing a red sweater. They just made that up. But let me tell you, if 50 different people are always oh, red sweater, green sweater, purple sweater, green. You know what's true? There's a sweater, right? Like yeah. there's some truth to these, right? There's some truth coming in and out of these. And then secondly, who's leaking this stuff? After yeah. Rogers just destroyed Schefter on fucking McAfee and who's the other guy, Muggsy, or who was the other guy? Remember Pornhub? He, he, he destroyed Hub, right? On, Marcus, on McAfee, yeah. yeah. All of these reporters are just getting destroyed on McAfee. And then you've got Ian Rappaport going, he's truly torn, sources say, do you not think Ian Rappaport is like, listen, I am not going to say this or report this unless this is freaking true. Unless this is something, right? Remember Boomer Esiason? I just got a text and it says Aaron Rodgers likes to sleep with. Remember, these guys, they know if they report something false, they're about to be on the next episode of Pat McAfee getting torn a new one. So why are my hearing about uh, Ian Rappaport telling me stories that he's torn and this and that? Some of this has got to be true. Some of this coming out of there has got to be true, period. And it might be some leaking from people within the organization being frustrated just to put some pressure on him, nothing concrete, nothing there, but you got to start Maybe moving good. the needle. You got to start the organization as much as they're in contact. They're obviously the talks with Adams are off right now. They're, they haven't gotten anywhere because I'm sure Adams said once Rogers makes his decision, then we can go back to the table again. I'm sure he's saying that because he wants to play with his best friend, Aaron Rodgers, and wants to continue up this trajectory and they pretty much this last year broke every record that was necessary that they cared about um, as a tandem, right? As a wide receiver quarterback and as a quarterback for the Green Bay Packers and Devonte Adams taking over, you know, we still have Donnie driver leading the charge with all of the yards and those things. There's still some to be had, but I think they run their course in their mind where they're like, okay, we've cemented our legacy. I can come back and retire a Packer at some point. I've done good enough. Somebody's saying something. Somebody's yeah. saying something. Whether it's Rogers saying something, maybe it's Goot. Maybe Russ Ball is texting Ian Rappaport. Maybe, I mean, who knows? Sources is sources. This Half of this could be completely made up. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you, when there's this much stuff coming out after he's completely destroyed people like that on social media and their credibility, nobody believes Adam Scheffler anymore. Scheffler reports of the sun shining today and 90% of people that think he's fucking an asshat, right? Mm -hmm. Like, they, they've completely he's completely destroyed his credibility so these reporters have got to know yep uh, there's watch i'm going to pull this up real quick um where is it because i just here it is all right <sighs> this is the latest and you can't tell me that there isn't Teams calling the Packers. Maybe the Packers aren't taking those phone calls right now, but it's the same teams coming up. It's the Broncos. Now the Steelers and the Titans are in on yeah. this, on the latest one where there's rums. And you keep adding, it's always the Broncos, always the Broncos. And now yeah. you're starting to see these other teams. And if you notice, they're AFC teams, which makes sense. So you have to kind of look into this. And 
pro football talk who is not the greatest obviously of, of new sources but they're the ones that on saturday in terms of looking at the combine and who they were seeing with agents and who they were meeting with and being able to see meetings of oh i saw goot walking with so and so i saw russ ball walking with so and so that's where we heard that they were talking to preston smith's people right last week yeah. on thursday yeah. but now on saturday they Packers have already had prospective trades lined up with specific suitors as of Saturday, the Broncos, Titans, and Steelers in the event Rodgers formally requests to be moved. So there's teams have already figured out their cap, the ones that are interested in Rodgers, have some sort of package to offer. the. And right now, the, the Packers have the doors closed, curtains, blinds, and everything's closed up. But if Rodgers comes in and he's iffy or he doesn't want to come, then they open up the blinds and they say, okay, come on in. Let's see what you got, right? And put all the offers on the table. But see, we get reports that this has been discussed. And then they go to Goot and they said, so has any team talked to you about uh, trading Aaron Rodgers? And Goot says, nope, not one team. Haven't had one phone call. Well, that's what I'm saying. Washington comes out and says, we've called everybody, including Green Bay, regarding their But they're not. One thing is calling. Another thing is taking the call. So – I think the sources that are coming from is the Broncos saying they're trying to get a hold of the Packers, the Titans, the Steelers, the every single Washington, all of these teams are knocking on the door. It's just, they haven't opened it yet, but there's still, there's obviously going to be a huge market for Rogers. There's going to be a huge market for Adams, which is a benefit to the team. But right now they're not thinking about the team. They're thinking about how are we going to get Aaron Rodgers and Devonte Adams back in the building? And what are you going to piss off? Who are you going to, who are you going to piss off if you let Aaron Rodgers go for a few firsts and a few seconds and Devontae Adams for a few firsts or a first and a second or even just a first? And we end up with four first round picks for the next two or three years and then three second round picks. There's nobody that's going to, a true Packer fan is not going to be complaining about that because in Goot, we trust. He's done a fantastic we, job. Yeah. Just regenerated the, the entire, just rejuvenated the entire team with those many first round picks, even if he's only successful on half of those picks. Yep. So right? it, it's let's just, hope, let's, let's hope, hope this is the last of the Aaron Rodgers podcast, piss off, angry, upset, lies, true lies, no lies. Nobody knows. Everyone knows. Nobody's lying. Everyone's lying. Maybe he's gone. Maybe he's staying. The word if is predominant. Let's just call this episode the if. meaning of if. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Love it. We had Ladies. to get it off our chest, didn't we? Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Had to Take get care, rid of buddy. it. Good luck. All right. Peace. Bye. This has been Packers Without Borders. Try and be kind to one another. Try and love each other. And go Pack Go. Esto ha sido Empacadores Sin Fronteras. No se les olvide cuidarnos unos a los otros. Hasta luego. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. Outside interference. Yeah, I'm living in a nightmare. But the cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah. I am the cream. Yeah, let me say it to you. Let me say it out loud. The cream of the crop. I am the cream. I am the cream, yeah. The cream of the crop. I'm on my way. On balance, off balance, doesn't matter. Nobody does it better.